Kane is there, and so is Wanyama! A home debut goal. That's a good one. Okay. He's on the box. We have a run! Goal! Musa Pala of Bologna has made it 2-0 to the Scorpions. It's an empty stadium, but the roofs of the Independence Stadium are coming down. I can feel. I use ball again. It's really, it's absolutely brilliant. And Kudus takes advantage. George. Now Heidemann. Cuts it in. Adriana Leon. What a hit! What a great goal! Canada take the lead! And it's Adriana Leon with a rocket into the top corner! Larin gathering it in. Does Canada look to find some early momentum? Well, Davies arriving! So a Kenyan, a Gambian, and a Canadian Ghanaian walk into a... No, it's, this isn't a joke, guys. This is literally a joke. Um, <laughs> yo, so back and joyous, man. We talk a lot of football. We got our takes. Uh, we support different clubs everywhere. And honestly, it's all about African and Canadian football overall. So enjoy the conversation. We'll bring on guests. We'll have different conversations. But it's really just about where the sport is and where it could go. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode. But before we get going anywhere, um, quick shout out to Jay Fitzsimmons. Um, Who's who, that? Uh, he is someone who has us listed okay. as part of Canadian content for podcasts to check out. No I, didn't, I didn't see this uh, until just uh, today sometime. He posted this a few days back, and mm-hmm. I saw the tweets, and I was like, oh, we made the list. Cool. Mom, I made it. And it turned into lots of fun. But yeah, it was a little neat thing. A few people were messaging me, being like, yo, you made this list. I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Well, thank you. As you know, I'm very good at reacting to things, so it's really really fun that way but yeah this is the list looking for canadian content about uh soccer football there's lots and i was just like hey i wonder and then <laughs> number three on the spreadsheet <laughs> africans it feels good we we're making it nelson we're we've been recognized by someone we're on our way i can i can Finish my day job now. There's nothing left for me to do. But no, I want to shout out to them uh, for listening to us here. It's, uh, we, honestly, we talk a lot. So I know I do most of the Canadian content, but there's a lot of football that we cover. But anyone who's here because of that, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Nelson is obnoxious and crazy. But um, no, um, all joking aside, it, it's really fun and it's great to be recognized. But yeah, there's a lot of great uh, Canadian football content out there. And as we go finish off this year, go into other years, we'll continue to do what we do. I will as well. And I mean, 
if that means collaborations of whatever that means, we're definitely going to do our best to uh, continue to integrate people as we have these conversations about Canadian football, uh, African football overall, but just honestly, just having a fun time as we go through all that to say uh, tomorrow, eventually will be Canada's last game at the world cup, but we need to talk about today and the games that happened at the world cup and chaos nelson this day was chaos and i loved every minute of it Mm. i I, I will not deny that whatsoever i enjoyed every minute of this chaos that we got so four matchups and man the matchups were very interesting so we had group d at uh 10 a.m this morning we had group c at 2 p.m and then those groups what we had was we had France up top with six points. Tunisia was at the bottom with one point with the draw. And then Australia had the win versus Tunisia. And Denmark had a few draws going through. So there were a few scenarios that we were going through, what could happen, what wouldn't happen. And by about midway through games, we started to get the, the I, I whenever there's a chance for a team to catch another team with a goal difference or something, I always like to refer to those as chaotic situations are a doomsday scenario. The doomsday scenario is when someone catches someone when you need like a four nil or a three nil win to get yourself into a pole position to get out of the group. Those are always fun when you're watching like the youth tournament. It's like, okay, this team needs to beat this team by this amount. And then you see the numbers start to creep up. But in Group D, we kind of saw this first half was scoreless. Then you got to the second half and you had Australia, Tunisia score first up on France. And then Australia scored on Denmark. And it left us in this situation where for the last literally 25 minutes of the games, if any of the, if, if especially it was Denmark, Denmark really controlled what would happen in this game. Because if Denmark scored, then Tunisia would have moved up. Tunisia would have moved, would have been tied with Australia, and then would have gone to uh, goal scored, and then yellow cards, and all that. And if those were all tied, coin tosses. But uh, did you catch any of the? Uh, morning matchups and what did you think of them going through uh the tunisia game is what i watched obviously yeah i watched uh they scored a on goal uh so no sorry an off an offside goal um yes literally like what i think at the 20th minute or something and then which was kind of i was like what the heck is going on and Mm -hmm. and then uh well, let's be honest. If France played the the starting team, it, yes, this game was wouldn't even be competitive because the second half when Mbappe um, came on and I and think the came on. on. Yeah. Oh my days! You saw the difference in quality. The quality just switched, mm-hmm. and like for the last what twenty minutes. Let, okay, Griezmann's goal is a goal. Yeah, I, you could genuinely see the the referee going, dude. This doesn't change the needle in any way for France. 
mm-hmm. whether they win or lose. It just means that their second team isn't that good, but they'll never play their second team. Mm-hmm. They'll always play the first team. Yeah. One or two pieces might go in and out, but it's always going to be the, you know, this isn't club football. This is country. Mm-hmm. So, um, statement went for Tunisia, but let's be honest. I think the referee was very, very kind for, on them. That should have been a draw. Um, yeah. And you know what? I think Australia should have gone through. Beating Denmark, clearly. Yes. Beating Tunisia, clearly. Mm. Even though, yes, you could say Denmark had control. They had control of what? <laughs> the pace, They had control of yeah, the pace because they of have, the game. They have a better midfield than Australia. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Like, it, the, like, control, in my opinion, that's like an Arsene Wenger um, mm. jibe, where he mm. always loved quoting all the stats that he had. But when you looked at the actual game, you go, but you lost because... The other team was more efficient. Yeah. And if it happens against France, it happens against Australia, and then you you had control over Tunisia, but you draw, mm-hmm. that tells you that your team isn't good. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, your midfield is good, but you don't have a good striking uh, department. So, yeah. hey, I like Denmark. I, I genuinely thought they had what it took. To... They were a lot of people's dark horses. And... Yeah, yeah. I thought Denmark would have gone far. I actually thought the... I, I honestly thought there would be a good shout for mm-hmm. um for like the semis. I genuinely thought they were that good, but um Australia second time getting to this position. Yeah. No really excited. It, it's great you know, for them. It's good. I'm I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm... if you if you gave me France Australia, I'd have like laughed in your face. Oh, a lot of people would have. Yeah. Because we didn't so... have we, I mean, if you go back to our recordings, there are clear recordings where we say, Australia, thank you for coming. Um, mm-hmm. And enjoy your uh, promotion to the Premier League before you go back to the championship. Like, that, I'm pretty sure we've said that. So, yeah. I, and this was before I even said Tunisia, Australia, Tunisia should beat Australia. And then mm-hmm. Australia got it done. So, honestly, that team was able to be efficient in the goals they scored. And then I can't even say that they defended well because they both, and we'll get to like the group C matchups too. There were a lot of just defensive lapses where you were just thinking, what are you doing letting someone go through? But they got the result, which is all that matters. They get their six points and now they're on to the round of 16 second time. I mean, they have Argentina there waiting for them so as i told my brother-in-law um messi is waiting for you with five in the first half no i don't think so congratulations i'm not kidding i I don't think so either but not because we're switching to group um what is this group c uh what's that group called with Mm -hmm. argentina it's group group d D. yeah yeah so group d argentina in my opinion are the most overhyped team they are a one-man team. Messi needs to play well for them to be decent. And mm. it's different when Messi is like 28, when not he's like 30, 30 plus. Yeah. Because he's not as quick as he's not as quick as he was before. He doesn't have mm. all the intangibles that he always had. So for me, this is a Messi that if I have a decent 
defensive midfield or a midfielder who's just got like like a, a good example would be a Wes McKinney um in at the US. Mm-hmm. I would have a yeah. fielder against Messi. I'd be like, yeah, you're gonna dribble past me all the time, but I've, I'm quicker than you. I'm stronger mm-hmm. than you. I will outmuscle you. Every single 50-50, I'll make sure you sweat. Every mm-hmm. single one. And guess what? Once you just drain that tank, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Australia is going to win, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be a five nil. I think it's going to be like a like a two nil or maybe a two yeah. one game. Um, I, I think it's going to be cagey, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be you know they just get blown away kind of thing. It'll feel to me like the and like whenever Australia and Brazil will get mm. matched up in groups in past World Cups, mm. and we're talking like the Brazil like with the word. I think this is the 06, This is the O six uh, one or the O two. No, it's the O six World Cup. I remember watching that, and then like every time Brazil tried to get any type of rhythm, it was just a foul, and mm. it was just a foul, and it was just like you're chipping away. I see what you're doing, Australia, and eventually, you know, Brazil breaks through and gets their like two nil win. But to do that, they had to fight just to build a room. I feel like that's that that's what you're gonna get in this type of a game. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be as like. I don't think it's going to be like how mm. France absolutely demolished them. Ran over them, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be um, a lockagia. Because now we're going to the business end. Mm-hmm. Now every single team, like you see, when you're in the group stages, if you lose one, you could go, all right, like Australia losing to France, they're like, well, we lost to France. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's beat the other ones. Yeah. But when you're going to the, the knockout stages, you literally have to play perfect. Yes. So I, I, looking at how Australia has played against the other two, defensively, they're decent. Yeah, they're decent. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, Argentina offensively have been very, very poor. Well, like well, very poor. Poor are substandard to what we expected of them. No, no. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm not the biggest Argentina fan. I've never I know, been. I know you're not. I think Diego Maradona is the only decent player that they've you know Messi's amazing but like mm-hmm. all the other players that they have on that team are overrated like Di Maria is too old right he's not the old Di Maria mm-hmm. um who else is in that team that's decent like if I go through the Argentina team they still have what's his name the guy the the guy who played for Man City in defense like they're not a good team. So okay, Lisandro Martinez. I love Lisandro Martinez. Yeah. This is what I mean by overrated. Paulo Dybala, overrated. Yeah. Um, Di Maria, overrated because of his mm-hmm. age, not because of his career. He had, I think he's age, an amazing yeah. player. He's just trash now. Uh, Paredes, overrated, bro. So you have Otamendi, a guy who was decent. Seven years ago? Really? Mm-hmm. No. Nah. Alvarez doesn't even play for Man City. I-, I think he's a really good striker. But if he doesn't have game time, how do you trust him? How is he in your freaking team, bro? Correa? Hey. It's not six years ago, bro. Th- this team is not good. L- the- this they team have, fe- in my yeah, opinion, they, ha- they have three good players. Messi... Lautaro Martinez, 
okay? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Messi, Lautaro, Martinez, and... <sighs> Do you want to put Otamendi there, or are you going to put Di Maria no, I'll there? Put, I'll put, I'll put um, the two Martinez, Lautaro, Lissandra, and Messi. Those are the okay. two. Uh, I know many people would say Romero, because mm-hmm. he has been playing well. Um, but if we're talking like a different gravy level, it's those two. Yeah. That's that's how I see it. So I, I don't look at this team. Oh, sorry. I think Martinez as a goalkeeper is actually really good. I think that's yeah. something that they do have. But their team doesn't scare me. It's 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 disjointed. You know, there's no clear midfield general. It feels like a team. No, it feels yeah. They don't have good fullbacks. They don't yeah. have good like they've got their top heavy, and then have maybe a decent pairing for their centre-backs, and their goalie. So they've got parts that are interesting, mm-hmm. but then there's no, there's nothing that connects everything, you know? Lisandro Martinez is so important to how mm-hmm. they play because he's such an amazing pass of the ball. They're basically using him as a, mm-hmm. as a, like the quarterback, like a, like, almost like a DM role. Yeah. So, no. Mm-hmm. This, they will beat Argentina, but, sorry, they'll beat uh, Australia. And then you know what? They're going to get washed <laughs> in the quarterfinals. Whoever they meet is going to be a decent team. Any team they meet in the quarterfinals. Either the Netherlands or the, yeah. Yeah, the Dutch, either the so Dutch either the or the US. Either the Netherlands or the Americans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, either one of those teams should be able to beat them. Like, I think the US is a really bad matchup for them. They have. I, I think the US is a bad matchup for a lot of teams yeah. right now. Just because they have the, if they they could press you and defend you exactly. and hit you on the counter, and that's the what they States want to is do. Is such a good team right? for like the U.S. has only two bogey teams. I'm oh, sorry, three. I think Brazil, Spain, and England are the three teams the U.S. does not want to face because all of their positives they will sure negate. France? Huh? You sure not for you said England. Are you, England, not France. I would say Eng- people are overhyping that nil-nil. Southgate overthought that that uh, strategy, right? And mm-hmm. let's be honest, Southgate is not an in-game manager. He doesn't change. No, stuff. he just sits there and hopes that his first team works. But yeah. I think if they play again, like if you play that game three times, England would beat them two of two the three. times. Yeah. yeah. So um, if they met again. I'm talking about the bogey teams. I think France France versus the US is interesting. Yes, France should beat the US. Yeah, sure. I, I think France should be in that category as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll add France. I I, I agree with you there. Yep, no, I, I, but that's I, it. It's yeah. those four. Every mm. other team is a bad matchup. Mm. Every other team would really struggle against the US. Mm. Um Belgium would really struggle against the US. Um, uh, well, they struggled against Canada. J- Japan is going to yeah. struggle against the US if they ever mm-hmm. played each other. Like all those teams would struggle because they're really hard to break down, and they're was, pretty yeah. good, like in terms of holding the ball, possession-based mm-hmm. football. So, um, I, 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 you know what? Credit to the US football team; they have really done a good job. 
because this Dutch this Dutch team they should not they shouldn't be fearing them. They should be like we can get we can beat these guys. Like I think the US should beat Netherlands 2-0. I honestly no. think Senegal will yeah. up after losing to the Dutch and I guarantee you if they play again Senegal would beat the Dutch. I guarantee it. Hmm. They were the better team. The full the, the whole fast half they kept missing goals. Mm. Right, so I think the uh, dude, the US, I think is good at smashing grabs. They'll put one goal, yeah, block, low block, full low block, mm. which to me actually means Argentina go through because if the, <laughs> <laughs> when you think go, about it, yeah, because yeah, the US is gonna US might score, they'll go low block, and then Argentina that actually helps Messi because that's yes. where Messi shines and that's where DiBala shines. Right, you go, quick yeah. one twos. Oh yeah, that ooh, yeah. In space like that, it, yeah. This just death. like that, yeah. So mm-hmm. USA, I think, beats the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and then Argent. Oh, but Louis Van Gaal, man, that's a really good. He's a good tournament manager, man. He is, and like he's I such think, a good tournament manager. I mean, the 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 troll side of me looks at that matchup and says, "What is the perfect antidote for?" the US in the round of 16 or in important games, I say Ghanaian youths and Dutch got a Ghanaian youth who's scoring. So Cody Gatpo and the US for me as every Ghanaian has. Please and thank you. But I think like I the pace that the Netherlands played their games, like that Senegal matchup so hectic, was one. It is. They no and, and, and it's because they have so they have an abundance of pace up front. Yes, Akpo, Depay mm-hmm. are just consistently like running it's pace on on consistency. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's what I mean. But if you look back at that game, mm-hmm. Senegal overwhelmed them the first half. They did, and then in the second half, once Gakpo got that, Van Hal made was, changes, yeah. and that's how they won the game. Mm-hmm. Van Hal is the reason why they won because he's like, oh, I messed up on my first team. Mm-hmm. Let's switch things up. And then tired legs from Senegal's side just couldn't keep up. Boom. They scored mm-hmm. two goals. Yes. Um, so Netherlands beats the US just because I think they've got a more tactical manager, someone who mm-hmm. can change stuff. Uh, yep. We saw that with Italy in the Euros. So, yes. Yeah. So we can say the Dutch go through. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Australia, Argentina should go through. Argentina there. should really go through there. Mm-hmm. Um, France versus Poland for me. France yep. goes through. Let's be honest. Poland have yep. done. I don't understand how Poland. I well, know. let's let's talk like, about that. That is crazy. Poland lost their last game, and that that I mean, if you wanted, if FIFA was looking for ratings and compelling television. Mm. This is what you got. This is what you wanted with this, right? What, Argentina, Argentina, Poland. Yeah, Argentina, Poland, and then Mexico, Saudi Arabia. Argentina. I don't, I don't understand how that's ratings because that's basically what we all said. It's the group is going to look like. It was. Yeah, I'm saying ratings from the standpoint of with about what 25, 30 minutes left, mm. both teams were tied on goals. Goals for oh, I see what you're saying, and, and then Poland so, scored. And, and no, not even Poland scored. Saudi Arabia. Oh, sorry, sorry, Saudi Arabia end. scored. That's what I meant. Saudi Arabia scored against Mexico, and then yeah. that's with the. 
If but you I, know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. As much mm. as Poland went through, I don't think either one of Poland or Mexico played well enough for them to like, you know, in all those other teams you said, like we said, yeah. Australia deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. We said um, Senegal deserved to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my opinion, England obviously deserved to be there. Yes. Um, so when, when you see those ones, I think it's guaranteed. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, Spain should go through, right? Yes. Gar- I think they're guaranteed, are they? No, they're Have not. Haven't they won both games? No, they won. Oh, no, and they, then they, they drew. won one and then they drew against Germany. Germany, so yeah. If Spain so, isn't guaranteed please, anything. Japan, like, just spoil. Just, just spoil chaos, something please. for me, right? Just, just be, just love me a bit, okay? Like, just the thing just, that, yeah, the thing be, that Spain be, has mm. is that they have the goal difference. That 7 0 versus Costa Rica, pretty, mm. it doesn't keep them safe, but it keeps them comfortable because. Basically, Germany would have to batter Costa Rica tomorrow to, to have a chance and hope also that Spain wins maybe like a 2-0 win. And then Germany would have to batter Costa Rica by 7 again for Germany to have a shot. Yes. Because that's it. Yeah. I, I, think, I think the problem I have with these last few games outside mm-hmm. of the first group or the second group. Um, the last games are kind of crazy. Obviously, you expect Germany to, at the very least, stop Costa Rica, right? Yes. But that is kind of scary because if, let's say, Costa Rica and Germany draw, which I think is crazy, but it if Costa Rica and Germany draw, I think there's a higher chance Spain beats Japan. And then... Oh my days! And then you have Costa Rica going through the unluckiest team ever to go, the unluckiest, luckiest team to go through. There's that's the thing, yeah. Spain does hold the cards here, mm-hmm. but like w- once things start to happen, no, I'm sorry, I think Japan yeah. holds the cards because think yeah. about it. if Japan beats Spain, Japan goes through as the top team. And they get yeah, to no face. one catches them. Who's yeah. in Group F? Scroll down. It's sorry. it's Belgium or it's going to be probably Croatia or no, it's going to be Morocco or Belgium. Oh, but if I'm Japan, dude, do you know what's funny? Hmm. I think every team should be afraid of facing Morocco. I don't. Even though Croatia with that. put four on them, like. You know what? Spain is probably looking at Morocco. Croatia didn't put four on Morocco. What they? They drew that. Oh, they drew. Yeah, it was nil-nil draw. Who am I thinking? Croatia hasn't. uh, Croatia put four on Canada. Four on Canada. Sorry, that's that's how much I I you know the the torment of that game messed up Morocco. (laughs) Yeah, you put um, it on Morocco. (laughs) Wow. Now now Morocco's coming to me. Yeah, I think. Morocco is such a dangerous team. They are. Because they're no, they so really good are. defensively and they're ridiculously good on the counterattack. Mm-hmm. So, for Japan, I think Japan takes its chances against Croatia more than it takes its chances on Morocco. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? But yeah. then if you're at Spain's level, I think Spain prefers playing Morocco than he does playing Croatia. 
Does that make sense? It does make Stylistically, sense. Stylistically, because mm-hmm. Croatia's midfield yeah. can is one of the few midfields in this um, tournament that could match Spain. Like, they've got enough good players in there to make Spain have a really tough time controlling the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. That's why. But then, why Morocco and Japan is such a bad matchup for, uh, for Japan is Morocco has pace. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that Japan has is that it plays with pace. Yeah. So if you keep opening up those holes and you have Ziyech and Hakimi just bombing forward, they could be in really bad spots. It's that's an Japan versus Morocco would be an amazing game, but I think we hope. This is what I hope. I just hope mm-hmm. Germany doesn't go through somehow. You know, <laughs> like I said, a go kind of situation. They beat Costa Rica. They've got four points, and then Spain beats Japan, and they go through. That's all what I want. Like Group E is really open. So it is, yeah. That's a really interesting group for me. Like any any team could go through there. Yeah, all four teams. The only groups that had a team that was dead was um, A and F because Canada and Qatar both lost their first two games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone else the rest, was open. The rest were clear. Yeah. The rest, sorry, the rest. No, no. What also G is not open? G is still open. How is that open? Because Serbia, can, Serbia plays if, Switzerland, and that's yes. like, uh, so sorry. The reason why it's not open is Brazil plays Cameroon, and yes. I love my Cameroonians. But any I, sort of goal, like if you guys score a goal, I will be impressed. This Brazil team is so good. <laughs> yeah, even if they if, even if they pull a France and go to their reserve team, oh, okay, Dude, Allison to Emerson. Sorry. They're playing their reserve team now. That's the scary thing. And they're still good. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what's what do you mean by reserve team, Aquasi? If they bench Vinicius Junior, they've got Martinelli. Yes. <laughs> if they yes. bench if they bench <laughs> Rafinha, they've got Anthony. Mm. If they bench Richarlison, they've got Gabriel Jesus. Yes, I if know. If they bench Casemiro. Who do they did they bring a new I don't know who they brought in as a DM. I don't know, but they'll probably bring let me actually, play let me actually there. check who they brought in as a DM. Like their squad is so stacked. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not Brazil's second team is better than every other team's first team. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep team. So okay, here we go. You bench Richarlison, as I said, you get Gabriel Jesus. Neymar's not playing now. So who's playing? Vinny and um, uh, and Rafinha, right? Mm. So if you say you don't want to play Vinny, you could play Rodrigo. Or you could play Martinelli. Mm-hmm. What? What a world. <laughs> okay. The, I think the only place that they do drop in, in value is their midfield. Right? Because that's mm. the only place that they don't have, like... Because uh, when Fred comes in, I think they've dropped a level. Uh, and also, their left-back position, I think, is kind of weak. Because mm-hmm. if you lose Alexandro, you have Telus. Yes. Um, but, dude, every single position, they're good. Bruno Gamarish, like... Mm. 
Marquinhos, come on. They still have Fabinho on the bench. They've been playing, mm. you know. They have the two best goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> if you drop so Allison, you've got Edison. Like, exactly. So the second like the drop off is so much like they're so dynamic mm-hmm. that I don't think any team can really push maybe, on them. Yeah. I think England has a good second team too. I oddly enough, England's second team is probably better than its first team. <laughs> Just from how Southgate tends to play them, you know. Oh, agreed. On on that note, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So but yeah, yeah, the the group C's today just kind of wrapped back up. The Argentina, Poland, Mexico, Saudi Arabia. If you're Mexico, I mean, I get that the jokes are out on you that you know you used to not be able to get past round sixteen, so now you just lost in the groups. You got grouped and saved yourself that. I mean, but, Mexico. But, but this I, isn't I, a bad group to. to okay, it's, let's it's not. Let's, I, yeah. I want people to I want people to like kind of realize something. This is probably the best World Cup we've had in the longest time. Yes. There is not we're gonna get we that, haven't yeah. had one I honestly since like the nineties. Because in the two thousands the European teams were so far ahead of everyone else mm-hmm. it wasn't even funny. I think it the wasn't closest until the one 90s to this when yeah. South American teams were good. Mm-hmm. African teams were good. And, and and European teams are good. So right now, we don't know. That's what I like about this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. We said Netherlands, Senegal, sure. But now yeah. that we've watched the games, Ecuador was on the same level as Senegal. So either yes. one could have gone through. England, USA, I think that was the most, that was the weakest group because Iran and Wales mm-hmm. are clearly a level below. England and USA. Then if you scroll down mm-hmm. to Group C. In Group C, it's the... Uh, you're not scrolling down. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. If you scroll group down C, to Group it's C. Argi- so yeah. Argentina, Poland were the two best mm-hmm. teams. We said that. Yeah. Mexico aren't good anymore. They still well, have... We said, we, said, we said it depends on... Between Mexico and Poland, who do you rate as the better team? Do you think Poland has more or Mexico there? And I think with Mexico, which I think you can also say about Argentina to a lesser extent, they just have better Mm. talent. I think it's a case of you held on to a generation for one cycle too many. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, Mexico haven't really refreshed themselves in God knows when. And, this, and that was like, the criticism for them coming in mm. because they had young players that they could have brought in. Like, again, like if you looked at because, again, Canadian watching all the qualifications, like they would play teams and then they look lifeless. They bring in some young players that it, that gave that team a life and then mm. they get a result. And yeah. in this case, yeah, you know, you have your Chavez who are here. But like I felt that this team really leaned more on the veteran side versus the no. yeah, yeah, throwing yeah, these I kids agree. here. Grab a few more kids here and see what you can, guys can get But you here. know what? I think the issue that this Mexico team has is none of the young players coming out of Mexico right now are playing well in the international stage. They're mm. playing well in the Mexican League. They're playing well in the MLS. Mm-hmm. But, dude, 
even who who's the best uh who's the best player outside of outside of um outside of Mexico outside of North America you'd probably say it'd Jimenez be, it'd be, it, I know it's the guy from it, the guy who plays wing on um I think it's in the Italian league yeah Chucky Lozano um, pardon me Lozano Lozano yeah so yeah. those are the those are your two best players Mm-hmm. So um and Lazano doesn't even start. Mm-hmm. And Jimenez has had the worst head injury for like the longest time. Yeah. So for me um that group was like the most boring one because all the players just looked mm-hmm. average as hell. And, and now they also with, miss yeah. And and, and then the trident they were also missing uh Jesus Corona who's playing at Porto, but I mean, it's another player who could have helped them at that point, but he was injured, but still, I just think they were just, they held on to the cycle. And, and one also, cycle you today. need to kind of, you can, you kind of need to look, look at Poland's team as well. Like they've got Lewandowski, mm-hmm. who's one of the best, if not the best striker. Uh, Chesney, mm-hmm. one of the best goalkeepers out yep. there. I know Arsenal fans don't believe it, but yep. he's pretty freaking good. <laughs> and then um yep. Zelensky, really good player. They've got mm-hmm. good they had like those are three those those three okay at the very least Lewandowski and Chesney uh in my opinion as we discussed yesterday I've they're they're on a world class level for me. And then the Matty Cash is a mm-hmm. really really good Fullback, really good. Mm-hmm. Zelensky, very good midfielder. And then all you have is a splattering of like mm-hmm. semi-decent players. You know, they all play in decent leagues. They yeah. all, you know, they understand high-level competition. So when you compare them to the rest, they don't have like the it factor. Like, yeah. oh yeah, they're amazing. Like you don't. Let's be honest. We think once they get. Um, so if we look at the bracket, um, Poland is supposed to face France. You know they're not they're getting knocked out. Like that's a three nil game. Yes. Right? And yeah. then and that's you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Argentina, Australia, same thing. Argentina goes through. Mm-hmm. The only ones that are interesting are Netherlands, USA, England, Senegal. Those two are yes. the interesting ones because either one of those two teams, you would assume England would go through and you think Netherlands would go through. But when you see how stylistically they match against each other, exactly, that's a good freaking matchup. Mm-hmm. One of them is going at the very least. One of them might get spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna? Are you? Are you bold enough to say which one right now? Um, the more I look at Netherlands now, and at first I wanted to say Netherlands were gonna go. Uh, sorry, I thought the U.S. was gonna go through, but mm-hmm. then. Louis van Gaal is a legitimate factor. So I'm going to say Netherlands Mm -hmm. goes through, Argentina goes through, France Mm -hmm. obviously goes through. And I think (sighs) England-Senegal makes me sick. Hmm. Because I just hope Southgate chooses the wrong team. That's my hope. (laughs) Because if he does, Senegal goes through. So this one, England Senegal, mm. for me, it's all based off of how uh, how England set up. 
So if he plays how he's played, he plays Harry Kane, mm-hmm. he plays Sterling, he plays Mason Mount, he plays um, Declan Rice, he plays mm-hmm. maybe uh, Calvin Phillips, plays Trippier or Kyle Walker, whichever one. I, I think they're full back mm-hmm. options a week. Obviously, they'll have to play Jude Bellingham. Um, yep. Uh, Maguire, obviously, and John Stones as their obvious pair, mm. Luke Shaw on the left. I think if they play that one, Senegal mm. are licking their lips. If they play Trippi on right back, they're getting smoked. Mm. If they play Kyle Walker, they're getting smoked. Mm. They have no chance there. Luke Shaw is the only one that's going to be interesting, right? Because he's a really good, like, dif- uh, he's good offensively. Defensively, I think. He- he can his his lack of um, covering sometimes is pretty clear, um, mm-hmm. but if they play Rashford or Rashford and or Saka, that it might be a long day for Senegal. If they play both, it's gonna be a long day for Senegal because those two boys move. Mm-hmm. So, yes, to. To simplify it, I think I think the if you're giving me like a, I think England go through fifty one forty nine, um, assuming mm-hmm. assuming they assuming Southgate is clever enough to play the right team. Play Rashford, bro. Play Rashford. You you mm-hmm. beat Senegal. That's how I think. Yeah. Because Sterling will get no, involved. I, probably, I, I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. So, again, tomorrow you got Croatia, Belgium, Canada, Morocco in the first portion. So that's your 10 o'clock window. And then... Spain, Japan, and then Costa Rica, Germany in that two o'clock window, group F's and G respectfully. Um, if you're Canadian and you're here, um, I would say if this isn't time for rotation. <laughs> this isn't. Um, experience matters at this point. Um, so I know you're playing a Morocco team who has everything to play for, but this is perfect. You also now have to match that intensity and try to come away with a result here if you're Canada, because you, you got to learn how to win at this stage. And no, I let... think I think Canada comes out with no wins. Yeah, it's possible. No, I... uh, it's it's not about it's possible. It's their matchup is so bad. These are the teams Canada cannot face, like low block teams that, um attack their wings no this is a bad matchup i think the croatia belgium game is the most interesting one because that's it is that's a re kind of like a repeat of um of the of the previous world cup right they they that's teams two and three from the previous world cup correct yeah they played each other didn't they no they did not they were on opposite sides of the bracket does yeah, Croatia play England and play, then Belgium lost to France? Third. No. Because Croatia played in the final. 
No, Belgium oh, played for Croatia third. In the final, they yes, England. sir. It's it's been four oh, years. Yeah, yeah. Don't date don't date yourself that badly. But yeah, I, I think that matchup is more interesting because that one there's some it's old people. It's all old people playing each other. <laughs> yes. And let's be honest, Croatia should be Belgium because Belgium just um hasn't looked good. No, no, no. Well, Belgium they just had a fight. So allegedly, according to the coach, uh, let's allegedly. not let's not talk about allegedly when we 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 all know, dude. Vertonghen basically just said screw him, screw mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne. Well, Vertonghen, I don't know who you think you are, man. Like you were decent once, a very very long time ago. While KDB is the best, uh, or arguably the best midfielder in world football right now mm-hmm. you can't compare so if these divisions like that in the team croatia should easily walk them like yeah two to three nil shut them mm-hmm. down and that would also be a statement you know to tell people hey we might have some veterans on the league you know a couple couple guys who <laughs> a couple mm-hmm. oldies but yeah we're still a dangerous team yeah and, and i keep going back to this croatia team gives me such old Italy vibes. Mm, Back in the day, good, Italy used to bring the Maldinis and all these, and the Perlos and all this stuff. Yeah. And you look at their team, you're like, it's an old team. And you completely ignore them until they're deep in the tournament. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. You're in the semis? What, what the what heck is, is going on here? Yeah. And they just win 1-0, 2-0, 1-0, 2-0. Because they're just efficient. And you know what? I think Croatia, uh, dude. I think Croatia beats Belgium, Canada, Morocco. I would be shocked if Canada win. I can see Canada and Morocco drawing, but I can't see Canada winning. I uh, genuinely. The way Canada plays, no, not now. Yeah, does does if they go to if they switch to the trio in the midfield, it gives them a little bit more cover, but still. Morocco to me, and I've said this before, I feel like Morocco, if you had given the script for how Morocco played to Canada, oh, they'd be in the same type of position. I just felt like yeah. in some spots... I disagree. You know why? Talk to me. Uh, because uh, Canada's game plan to even get to where they are, they, they don't have the defensive pieces. Hakimi is an amazing defensive player, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But Alfonso Davis isn't good defensively. Alfonso Davis is more of an attacking defensive player. Okay. So you 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 completely negate that, right? Mm-hmm. So and by the way, Morocco's whole game plan is based off we are very solid defensively, and then when you're once we get the ball, we're very good at transitioning, mm-hmm. which is the thing. Yes, Canada's good at, but Canada isn't good at defending. That's the problem. So that's why I don't think if if Canada played the way Morocco played, Canada would win. I think what Canada needs, and that's what we were talking, is mm. they need to somehow find a midfielder who understands how to transition in uh, regular passing play. And in, in that sense of a, a, like a Tony Cruz, like a Modric, like someone of that ilk. Someone mm. who literally just, in a second, ball is pinged, 
and mm-hmm. it's a one-on-one. And that's why I think, you know, that's why I think Canada actually has really scary players. Jonathan David, really scary in that situation. Mm. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Alfonso Davis, really good in that situation. I think that's isolation play is where Canada is really good at. Similar to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Very. That's why Brazil is so scary, right? Every time a player goes one on one with a, with another Brazilian player, you see their face. Mm-hmm. Go check their face. They are so <laughs> scared. They're like, "What the heck am I supposed to do here? Do I challenge now? Do what, what do I do?" But they've got good players, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's we Canada, and I'll say we Canada has such a good bone. In terms of its foundation, it's got good players. They only lack proper experience in game time. Yeah, you cannot expect them to go into the first tournament, like international level tournament, and be decent. They're going to get slammed. Remember how the? Do you remember the U.S. team when they were going into that golden generation? They kept getting smacked by everyone. Ninety ninety four. Yeah, yeah. They slowly got better. Every single year, you you saw the slight improvement. That's mm-hmm. why I say this team is good now. But if a couple of these players improve, which I honestly mm-hmm. believe they will in the next coming years, yeah, they will be really good when it comes when we have the World Cup here. They mm-hmm. will be really really decent. At the very least, quarter quarter quarterfinal level teams. Not meaning mm-hmm. that they'll get to the quarterfinals. I think that would be the cap of the team. That's how hmm. I see. And that would be the standard that you would look at them. If they don't reach that, then something went wrong. Assuming, again, as you as you clearly said, um, I think experience is linear, but uh, game time isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And injuries are not. So yes. if Alfonso Davis, in my opinion, if either one of Alfonso or Jonathan David gets injured for long extended periods of time or um, goes to a team that doesn't play them properly, mm. that's that, particularly with Canada, which doesn't have a massive talent pool like other teams, mm-hmm. you need your best two players to continue on this trajectory, in mm-hmm. my opinion. That's just how I see it. Yeah, and I think I would agree with that. You need those two, but then it's how do you start to build the pieces around it, right? If you look at the midfield, I know he played a little, he played in in both games. And Ishmael Kone, does he develop and be that? Yeah. Quick I think Kone is. Yeah. I think Kone is legit. Hmm. Honestly, I think Kone is really, really good. He hmm. he he gives me very interesting, like very. He first of all, he's got the build. Let, let's let's yes. start from somewhere. He's six yeah. two. He's a tall kid, mm. but he's quick. I think his positioning is poor, but because he's nineteen, you know what I mean. Like mm. that's experience. Four years time, he's twenty three, which means he will be a lot better at understanding when the ball is coming, what he's mm. supposed to be doing, all that kind of stuff. So I think Kone is. A really good player, um, particularly mm. for Canada. Yeah, you know he the, he's one of those guys who would never sm- like smell the French team, but would probably play for like 
I'm trying to find like a uh, like a low level team. Like probably play for every single African team easy, and then let's well, call like a yeah. Belgium. Let, let's call like a Belgium. I think we'll play like for a Belgium. He, I mean, his, yeah, his heritage is Ivorian, so oh, yeah, he could have played for the Ivory Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Cote d'Ivoire, because we're French. Let's live that life. Mm. But, yeah, I think, again, his trend, his development alongside a, a Stephanie Stachio, I think that that midfield transition, and then ultimately the question I have for the coach here as we is, do you believe in a, in a, in a 10, or is that all just going to be on Kone? Because I feel like th- that's been a – I, I, I think – yeah. Honestly, the four-two-three-one, even though it's seemingly come, mm. there's like some weird kind of revival on it. I think the four-two-three-one is a long, is an old, archaic version of how to utilize midfielders. I don't think, mm. I don't think personally, Canada needs a, particularly in world football, bro. Like, in a World Cup, you need to play mm-hmm. three midfielders who are exceptional in defense who are good at breaking down play and then are good at transitioning so that's why i would say like a mm-hmm. like a corner that's by, one per or all have the ability to do it i would say bare minimum of two you need to have yeah, a okay. bare minimum of two bro because like look at all the good teams so okay how many teams would we say are quarterfinal level uh, Portugal, right? Portugal, Spain, Brazil, happy. England, um, Argentina, France, France. Yeah, those those are the guaranteed, right? Six of the eight, those yeah, are the ones think, yeah. we would say for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, except Argentina, because they're using Lautaro Martinez as that kind of player. Of the other yeah. five teams, they have P- Declan Rice plays that for England, right? He's the one who breaks down play mm-hmm. and then immediately transitions into attack. Then you've got uh, in France, well, pick your pick your poison. <laughs> who do you yeah. want to use? <laughs> Chomeni does that. Kamavinga can do that. All those guys can do that. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, even if you look at the injured players, like Pogba and and uh, Kante, both are amazing yes. at doing that. Then you look at um, Brazil, Casemiro, um, mm-hmm. Bruno Gomes, those guys, they do that all day. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? Who, uh, who was the last team? Spain? You're talking about Busquets. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, he's the king. He's the one who created that. Yeah. That's how I think. So, in my opinion, I think mm-hmm. if you get two players, so if you get one already, that's a plus. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That means you've done something. <laughs> that means the Federation has probably somehow found a, a semi-Canadian somewhere. But... <laughs> <laughs> semi-Canadian but, somewhere. But, but like when you when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I think Kone can be there. But the truth is, yeah. he needs to get out of the MLS. The MLS I, is I think, not. Yeah, is not where he performs. He would. I'm not kidding. He'd rather play in the second division in Belgium 
than be in than mm. be in MLS because he needs to learn how in Europe it's just tough. Mm. The levels are just that much higher. It's just the fact. Like that's what Europe yeah. has done. You gotta move on. Latest rumor on him is that Watford was looking at him. So that's what second division of the Premier League. Yeah, so that's championship. So Watford's a good team, um, but I don't think he's. Oof, that'd be tough. That's like you know, I know we've been saying this, but because of the whole experience thing, but. The championship is a completely different animal. I, yeah. You hear a lot of players actually saying they, they, the championship is harder than the Premier League. So it'd be a baptism of fire, but if we believe he can do that, then hey, go to Watford and let's see yeah. if he can do something in there. The good thing is that now that, we, now that the world has seen that, can, can, like think about what's, what it's done for Jonathan David. Obviously, everyone rates Alfonso mm. Davis. He's already playing for a good team. But for these smaller yeah. players, if you're now being scouted by good English mm-hmm. or European teams, yeah, make yeah. the move. Because now you've crossed you've crossed the pond. Now you've got the opportunity to like show guys and the opportunity to learn and improve. Four years is a long mm-hmm. time, man. Four years is a really long time. I I, I would be shocked if Canada does not get one or two decent midfielders coming up. I'd be yeah, very there's sure. definitely some there's definitely some interesting ones coming. Um I mean just off just thinking about their U twenty team and then a bit of their U seventeen just coming up. We'll look at the U seventeens when it gets to there in February. And I know they're they're running a camp in uh Mexico right now from December tenth to the twenty something. But like the U twenties Justin Smith, who plays at who is at Nice and Zanlo in the second division of France, is an interesting name that we're look that I'm keeping an eye on just because he was on he was on Nice's first team all of last year. Didn't play much, but he was on the bench. He was training with them consistently, which I mean, you'd rather have him be playing, but the fact that he's at least making the bench says something about what he's doing or where Nice was. Him there is um, Lucas Diaz, who's at Sporting B in Portugal, still playing for their U20 side, but has had some dabbles with the first team here and there. So if you get one of those two, then plus you have Steph Ustaki, who's at Porto right now. And then if Kone continues to develop, you're, you're starting to see at least there's a few names that you can look at and say, maybe these ones, plus whoever is able to, because they will dip their hand into the MLS to see players and give them a look because that's the easier pool for them to look at. It's a good pool for them to look at, but that's not where they stay. But I think there's there should be enough midfielders coming up over the next couple of years. It'll be interesting. His post World Cup. I think that, I think yeah. the only concern I have is it's not. I'm not saying that the midfielders that Canada has. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you have midfielders who could play? Yeah. In the highest level of European football. Meaning, hmm. are you at least in the top five leagues Yeah. in a competing team for certain honours, be it FA Cup, um, 
you know, uh, the German Cup. Like, yeah. I need you to be winning for something. You need mm-hmm. to be playing for something. Yes. You know, and like a West Ham, a West Ham in in um, in England or uh, a Lille in France or like I need to see you do to be in a decent team because yes. that's the only way you have a chance at the quarterfinals. If not, if your team does not progress or Canada doesn't have certain players that um, showcase a level of improvement between that period, mm-hmm. you're going to get knocked out of group, group stages yet again. Yeah, You're going to do a Qatar. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the honest yeah. truth. Because, guess what? In the next World Cup, there's going to be all these teams you see here. Netherlands are going to be a lot scarier next next time. Mm-hmm. Um, Brazil is going to be a lot scarier. Next, well, not a lot scarier, but they will be just as scarier as they are right now. England, yes. Rashford is going to be now in his late 20s. So it's going to be a change England, of the guard for yeah. England. England is going to be scary. France will be scary because Mbappe is going to be the, you know, he's going to have that timing. Prime, yes. You know what I mean? The US is going mm. to be better. Every single team yeah. is going to be better next the next uh, World Cup. So mm-hmm. if Canada does not improve significantly, it's not a question of, I think now you kind of look at which, if, if he, now that I think about it, yeah, Kone needs to go. If Watford come comes along and knocks on his door, he needs to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to get out. You need to learn. Like, holy smokes, this is a different there are levels. Level. Yes, yeah, this is yeah. a different level where I'm mm-hmm. sweating every single game. I'm playing mm-hmm. forty games a season. He needs to learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, that's how you get good at ball, man. Yeah, but either it is. way, when when we're looking at those groups, um, in my opinion, the the next few games, it's just there's hope, and then there's reality. I think clearly tomorrow's matches, um, interesting, but yeah, Spain should beat Japan, Germany should beat Costa Rica. It still Which sticks it to be, what yeah. we had dis- we had dis- we originally had said. Mm-hmm. Spain goes through yeah. as top. Germany a second. Yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. That's how it should be. And like, yeah, surprisingly, I had Morocco coming. Who you remember who I had coming in first? Because I did have Morocco coming in second. Uh, I don't remember who you said was first. Did you say Belgium? Mm. I can check. Yeah, yeah. you because I said Canada's gonna top the group because I was crazy. You did, yeah. Um but you know, what, I, would, Canada, I was all for it. Canada yeah. outplayed uh, Belgium. Let's be honest. Belgium, if, yes. Let's let's think about this. If Canada was in the position Belgium was in, and Canada is facing Morocco last game, that changes everything. Because mm-hmm. Canada could yeah. genuinely beat Morocco. You know, because they'd have had mm-hmm. that win in their belt. Now they're not afraid of anyone. Yes. This time they're mm-hmm. playing other teams. They're like, oh, who cares? Okay, so you had. Uh, Belgium and Morocco. <laughs> That's not yeah. Gonna happen. Oh, well, oh, actually, yeah, Belgium could, is not. Oh, that could happen. It could. Belgium could beat Croatia. But that would mean and then, bottling it by yeah. No, no. Belgium beats Croatia one 0 Morocco beats Canada. 
or Morocco draws against Canada, either one, and Morocco goes through a second. That could happen. Let's be honest. Group F is pretty open because both uh, any of the three teams could usurp each other. The only difference Mm -hmm. is that we know Canada just can't do anything except spoil the party for Morocco. That's it. Yes. And let's be honest, as you said, Canada might be going for blood just to get that win to make sure yeah. that they can say, you know, this we wasn't a win. wasted trip. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, for sure. But right, anyways, guys, up. we'll wrap it up here. But yeah, uh, keep it tuned and we will see you guys next time, tomorrow evening, tomorrow morning, depending on when you're listening to this. But till then, guys, bye-bye for now. I need to keep that